Hey everyone, this is Khan Riddle, and we're going to be learning together Asicha on Parshas Shlach Chilek Yerches. And this Parsha speaks about the whole story of the Moraglim, and the Sicha is based on the Zayar's explanation to a Pasuk Maisha says in his tefillah asking Hashem to please forgive Bnei Yisrael for the sin. What's the Pasuk? Maisha says to Hashem, And now let the might of Hashem be increased. The Zayar says on this Pasuk that the Yidin are more fortunate than the Gayim for three reasons. First of all, Hashem desires, Hashem chooses Bnei Yisrael. Second of all, Hashem is called by the name Yisrael. And third of all, Hashem is glorified by Bnei Yisrael. But why does the Zayar specifically use these three reasons to show how Bnei Yisrael are greater than the Gayim? There's more special qualities that we have. For example, we're children of Hashem. Why doesn't the Zayar use that? And we'll answer why the Zayar specifically chooses these three qualities with the Rebbe's father's explanation. The Rebbe's father says that the Zayar is explaining a different pasuk that the Zayar says. The Zayar says that Bnei Yisrael are the heart of creation. The same way a heart sustains the body, Bnei Yisrael sustain the world. And therefore, the Zayar brings three qualities that Bnei Yisrael have within the world that correspond to the three emotions that come from the heart, which is chasad, gevura, and teferes. So Hashem desires us, Hashem chooses us, that corresponds to chasad. Hashem is called by us, that corresponds to gevura, for the Hebrew word of nickname, which is kinoi, is the same gematria as elikim, which is the name of Hashem, which shows on gevura. And the third one, Teferis, corresponds to that Hashem is glorified by us, by Bnei Yisrael. So we have the Pasuk, let the strength of Hashem be increased. And is there's explanation how Bnei Yisrael are greater than the other nations? So the question is, what is the connection between the two? There does not seem to be a relation between the Pasuk and the Zayar's explanation. And our second question is, from the Zayar's wording, it seems like the Zayar is bringing a new novel concept that Bnei Israel are greater than the Gaim. But we know that already. We know that us as Yedin are greater than the other nations, are greater than the non-Jews. That's not a new idea. And furthermore, why are we trying to show Bnei Israel's special qualities, like learning them from the non-Jews? Usually we do not compare the two at all. We keep, they're completely separate. Bnei Yisrael and the Gayim have no connection to one another. They're not comparable. But here the Zayar is comparing. So why? First, before we understand the Zayar's explanation, let's understand the Pasuk itself. The Pasuk, Be'ata Yigdalna Kayach Adnai. And now, please let the might of Hashem be increased. What the Medrash says on this Pasuk, what's Maisha saying? Maisha saying, please Hashem, let your mercy strengthen your mercy so that it could overcome your judgment and you could forgive Bnei Yisrael. If that's what Maisha is trying to say, why does Maisha use the word, the name of Hashem, Adnai, which is the name of Hashem as the master of the world, which has a connection to judgment? Seemingly, it would be better for Maisha to use the name of Havaya, which is the name of Hashem that relates to mercy. And our second question is, why is this speak? Tefillah specifically being said in 
relation to specifically the Meraglim sin and not with any other sin that Bnei Israel did, for example, Chitegel. So the general answer to this is that because the Meraglim sinned specifically in the name of Hashem of Adnai, so the forgiveness, the atonement needs to be in the name of Adnai as well. More specifically, what does it mean the Meraglim sinned in the name of Adnai? What's the name of Hashem, Adnai? That's the name of Hashem as the master of the world, as the master of creation. The Meraglim saw it as the name of Hashem in nature. What does this mean? The, Ra- the Raglam saw the Yidin and they see a nation. We're living in the desert. We're living a supernatural existence. We're eating miraculous food, wearing miraculous clothing. We're dealing with tired mitzvahs all day long, davening, learning, all holiness, all day long. There, it makes sense for the Yidin to experience miracles. But then, the Raglam knew that we're going into Eretz Yisrael. There, we're supposed to be working the land, we're supposed to be washing our own clothes, we're supposed to eat, be eating physical food, we're supposed to be living a physical life. And if Hashem, the name of Hashem Adnan, if He created nature the way it is, the physical way of the world the way it is, then that must be the way Hashem wants it to be. And therefore, there's no room for miracles to happen. If this is the way nature is, and we're supposed to be going into land, we're supposed to be living a physical life, we have to go according to nature. And since according to nature, it would be impossible for the Eden to conquer the other nations, according to nature, according to physicality, we're supposed to stay in the desert because we're not supposed to rely on miracles. But the Moroglim failed to realize a very important thing. They didn't realize that Adnai means Adnai, the master of the world, the master of creation. Hashem made nature. Hashem is not limited to nature, and the same way Hashem is not limited to nature, and the Moraglim knew that. Moraglim knew Hashem could make miracles, but the same way Hashem isn't limited to nature, Bnei Israel isn't limited to nature either, because a piece of a piece of a big block of gold, if you take a little chip off the big block, it has the same characteristics as the big block. So Bnei Israel is literally a part of Hashem. And the same way Hashem is not limited to nature, Bnei Israel have the same qualities as Hashem, and Bnei Israel is also not limited to nature. So the Moraglim thought that Bnei Israel's connection to Hashem, the Bnei Israel's specialty, is only when we're involved in the supernatural, when we're involved in Tyra, in Tefillah, in Mitzvahs. But when we're doing physical things, what's the difference? What's the difference between us and, and, and the Gaim? And that's the answer to our question. The question of what's the connection to the Zayar's whole explanation that Yidin are greater than Gaim, to the Pasuk of let the might of Adnai be increased, this might of Hashem, of the name of Adnai, the name that's the master of creation, the master of nature, of nature and not limited to nature at all, is expressed by the Yidin. By the Yidin, who even when we're not doing Tyre and Mitzvahs, even when we're not on the outside looking and dressing the part, and maybe you can't even tell the difference between a Jew and a non-Jew, nevertheless, a Jew is still greater than the non-Jew. And that's what Desire says, specifically in these three things, specifically in these three things that apply also to the non-Jews, even though they apply to the non-Jews, Nevertheless, 
only by the yidin is it in the truest, deepest form. So let's go through them. We have the first quality. Hashem desires, Hashem chooses us. How do we see it by the rest of the nations? Nothing in this world is not needed and is not desired by Hashem. We know that there's no extra things in the world. So if Hashem desires everything in the world, what's the difference between that and Hashem desiring every Jew? But there's a difference because... Because yes, Hashem desires the other nations, Hashem desires the other creations, but Hashem doesn't desire them for themselves. Hashem desires it for his deeper desire, which is the Yidin. Hashem, the purpose of creation, what Hashem truly desires is us, Yidin. And in order to get that desire, he needs to create the other nations. He needs to create the other, the other creations around us. But that's not what Hashem truly wants. Hashem only wants them in order to have his true desire, us as Yidin. The second quality, Hashem is called by us. What's the idea of a nickname? There's two kinds of nicknames. One kind of nickname is maybe an abbreviation of the name, maybe an explanation to it. It's very obvious. You can tell who the person that name is referring to. Or you could have a nickname which is very, very far-fetched, like in a different language or something really not connected to the name. But nevertheless, it's still connected because it's a nickname of that person and a maiden, someone who knows that person or understands things. He could figure out that the nickname is talking about this person. And the same thing with the Yidin. And the same thing we could say applies to the other nations. We could say that everything, in essence, is Hashem. And therefore, if you're a maven, you could tell, you could see the words of Hashem that is making this thing exist. And that's a nickname for Hashem. That's expressing Hashem. But it's not the truest form of a nickname because... The other nations, they don't see themselves as dependent on Hashem. They see themselves as a separate entity, as an existence on their own. Only by the Yidin does this nickname apply. And in both ways. Like we see, there's a story with the Rebbe Rashab and a chassid by the name of Reb Manya, who was a diamond dealer. And one time when Reb Manya visited the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Rashab mentioned about the special qualities of the simple Jews. And Reb Manya thought for a minute and said, I don't, I don't see it. And a little later, Rabbania was showing the Rebbe Rashab a package of diamonds he brought along with him. And Rabbania picked up a specific stone and said, this stone is beautiful and exquisite. And the Rebbe Rashab looked at it and said, I don't see it. And Rabbania said, Rebbe, for diamonds, you need to be a maven. And the Rebbe Rashab smiled and said, a Jew, every Jew, is beautiful and exquisite. But to see it, you need to be a maven. So, to go back to the two types of nicknames, yeah, everyone could see when a Jew is davening or doing a mitzvah or learning taira, it's obvious he's expressing Hashem. But even when it's a second kind of nickname, when it, he's not dealing with matters of holiness, he's doing his everyday life, he's going to business, he's taking a walk, he's dealing with physicality, nevertheless, he still expresses Hashem even if only a maven could see it or know it. And the third quality the Zaya brings that Hashem is glorified by the Yidin, we're going to give the example of a king who builds an entire beautiful palace for his 
daughter and son-in-law and he builds this entire beautiful thing and of course the whole building the whole palace and the garden around it it all brings tremendous honor to the king because who else could create such a beautiful beautiful building besides for the king no one so this entire structure brings tremendous honor and glory to the king but what brings the most honor the truest honor and the truest glorification the daughter and son-in-law that the whole mansion was built for and the same thing with hashem hashem created the whole world the entire creation all the higher worlds and all the creation in this world everything brings tremendous glory to hashem because who else could create such a perfect and beautiful world besides for hashem but who brings what brings the truest glorification the real glorification to hashem the purpose of all this creation, the purpose of the entire palace, and that is us, B'nai Israel. And this is something so, so important to remember because when I know that I am a child of Hashem, I am the purpose that Hashem created the world, I express Hashem every single moment of every day, no matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter that I'm not learning right now or I'm not doing a mitzvah. My day-to-day life, I am expressing Hashem because I am a part of Hashem. I'm not limited to anything. I can do anything. That gives tremendous power. It's like such an empowering empowering feeling to know that I'm expressing Hashem. I'm a part of Hashem. I can do anything because guess what? You can.